Amen. Thanks, Alex. I walked up here. I did not roll. Um, wherever Josh is, I'm just feeling like this is going to be an hour and 20-minute service just because of that comment. <laughs> We're going to roll out the service. Well, good morning. Good morning. Great to see you all. I'm so glad you're here, and um, so glad you're able to join us for worship today. And again, I just want to say happy Mother's Day, uh, just in celebration of the women that are present in the room today. Can we just give them a round of applause? Uh, we would not be here if it wasn't for them. And uh, it's an amazing gift that we have in the women in our lives in so many, so many ways. And I know Pastor Alex already mentioned that one of the ways we celebrate that is, is giving generously towards um, the support of mothers in need, as God commands us to do that, but it's just kind of our way of doing that, but also in our community here. And so uh, there's a number of uh, single moms within our church that we want to love on and support and come around. And so we've uh, actually already contacted most of the ones we would know of, and we have a special gift for you down at the Connect desk. But if you're here today and you have, you're, you're a single mom and we have not contacted you, we would love to uh, just bless you today. So go down to the Connect desk. We have a special gift basket for you and just want to encourage you today, love on you and know that you're loved in this place um, and you're a part of this community and we're here if you want to walk uh, with you. So we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 1 today. And uh, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to see how God uses godly women to advance his mission. God uses godly women to advance his mission. This is just one uh, text in Scripture that we can look at. But it's interesting, when you look at uh, today, Mother's Day in general, Mother's Day is an amazing day of the year. It's an amazing day where we get to bless our moms and uh, just thank them, love them, however we do that, whether it's a card or a gift or lunch or whatever, and just the women in our lives. For me, I have a mom, an amazing mom. I have a wife who's an amazing mom. I have my three young girls, and uh, I have grandmothers. It's just an amazing day for us to celebrate and love on the women in our lives. And, you know, many of us in this room, I'm not going to say all of us, many of us watching online, are fortunate enough to have amazing, worthy, godly women in our lives, and we celebrate them. We're blessed in having them, and it's a pleasure for us to celebrate uh, them on this day. But here's the thing. I say this every year. There's a but in there, right? That's not always the case. Not, not everybody here um, has that blessing, Right? Today might actually be a day that has a measure of sadness with it. Um, there's a measure of sadness. There's maybe a, a measure of vacancy. There's a measure of uh, just trying to get through the day for a, a whole number of reasons, right? Today it just might be the loss of a mother that's no longer there in the chair next to you. Maybe you're here today and there's a, it, it's that I never knew my mom. I never had the pleasure of having a mother figure in my life. You know, so today might be a measure of, of sadness or, or just struggle. And I mean, I just want to tell you here today that we love you. We're here for you. If you're walking in that, we want to support you, come alongside of you. I promise you, uh, our outdoor service this, this year um, across the street on Father's Day will be a tough day for me. That's my first Father's Day without my dad. That'll be hard. So I, I can imagine it's probably challenging for you as well. There's a whole nother right, measure to this as well. Maybe you're, you're, you're walking through uh, pain or sadness today because it's a recognition that maybe you 
through walking through infertility might never get to experience motherhood. Or you, you might experience it in a different way. And so there might be a measure of that. And countless people in our church are walking through those as I've prayed with them and, and asked God and begged God for that for them and then processed the idea of what does it look like to you, for you to adapt? What a beautiful thing as so many kids are in need of families, right? And, and it's amazing when you look at this, um, these are really complex emotions to navigate. I mean, not only you, but these are super complex, especially alone. And the problem is, is many times we, we don't process them with other people. We process them in isolation for a number of different reasons, whether it be maybe shame or we just are like, man, they just won't understand how I feel or whatever it may be. And much of the heavy things like this, on this day, we process in isolation on our own with our own thoughts and all by ourselves. And man, it's, it's, it's not the way that God intended it to be for us, Right? It's amazing that we live in one of the most connected times in the history of the, of, of the world, and yet in this time, more people are struggling with loneliness and, and isolation and brokenness is coming out of those realities. It's fascinating, right? There was a study that I, uh, that I recently read about. In 2021, Harvard University Graduate School of Education actually did a study, and it said this. This is fascinating. 36% of all Americans, so just off the top, 36%, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children, feel seriously lonely. I mean, just practically think about that for a moment. All of the younger moms in this room, when they pick up their kids downstairs, half of them, when they leave this place, between when you see them next Sunday or when they come back again, they will be wrestling with and walking with serious loneliness. I mean, take it a step further. You would think, man, with young adults, with how much they're on social platforms and they're connected to one another, uh, it's 61% of young adults, 61%. Feel serious loneliness in their life. And now, uh, it's 2021 when the study was done. This is collected post-pandemic when we're isolated and separated. But I, I got an idea, I feel as though even though we're getting back to normal, whatever that will be or is, I still firmly believe that people are struggling with a sense of loneliness and a loss of communal relationships, deep communal relationships, because we've swung this pendulum to where I can get most everything I need sitting on my couch now. And we've, we've swung so far now, rather than, man, what Scripture tells us is the opposite, that you and I were built for deep communal relationships right? I mean, this is what we're made in the image and likeness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He didn't create us just to create us like, oh yeah, cool, it's husband and wife, and man, maybe they can connect with some other people or whatever. No, He created us in communal relationship. Only time God says something is not good in all of His creation is when man was created alone. The only time He says something's very good is when He creates women, and on this day we say amen, <laughs> right? And out of that, he built a family, and then the church. I mean, we're, it's always, read all of the New Testament. Rarely is there a letter to an individual, and it's for a specific reason. It's always to the church, to the community of this area. It's communal. 
right? And so, man, when we look at it today, um, God is using community and relationship to fulfill his purposes, and the reality is that we're better together. You and I are better in communal relationship than we are in isolation. And today, I just want to look at the story of two mothers and lean in on the text that often doesn't get looked at in this way, I don't think, and see how, man, God uses godly women to fulfill his mission, advance his mission, and let it speak into our own relationships and what God might have for us in them. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. Often this is a Christmas passage of Elizabeth and Mary and uh, the coming Messiah and John the Baptist and all this different stuff. But I think in looking at it, man, God is orchestrating the deep relationship between two women, and it can speak to the reality of our lives. Their example is going to help us understand how God has created us, even in this, this little text that you and I were created for deep, profound relationship, and in it we experience the goodness of God. So let's look, at, look together. I just wanted you to see three realities in the text today. Uh, if you look with me in verse 39, we'll backtrack in a moment, but we're just going to start in verse 39 together. Um, let, let's just read it together. This is what it says in verse 39. It'll be on the screen, or there's Bibles in the backs of your chairs, or you can open up your app or whatever. In, in verse 39, it says this, In those days, Mary arose and went with haste, she went very quickly, into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Verse 41, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was full with the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I want you to see in our text is that in relationship, we actually experience God differently. We experience God differently. Now, when you're looking at the text, think about it for a moment, the type of relationship that they're experiencing. We often focus in this text about how, yeah, Jesus uh, is told that he's going to come through Mary, through, through uh, the angel, all this different prophecy and all that kind of stuff, but we rarely focus in on the impact of their relationship together, the relationship with Mary and Elizabeth and Elizabeth with Mary and how it might have affected them together, right? And, and here, this is the, the story of the Advent story. We read this around Christmas time. And it's interesting, just a few days prior to the scene, you can read it later, Mary's just found out that she's going to be carrying a child or that she is carrying a child from the Holy Spirit that's within her, right? She's told that there's going to be a miracle, you're going to have a baby without ever being with your husband, and it's going to come from the Holy Spirit. And she's also told about another miraculous conception in her, her relative, Elizabeth, that she's of old age and she's going to have a baby who's going to be actually the, the front runner before Jesus to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. Now, it's amazing. She's got this encounter with the angel Gabriel, right? And it produced faith in her. It says that, like, let it be done. And she trusted what, what had been told to her and what God had said to her that was going to happen. And, man, it's amazing. You look at the result of all of this was that Mary wants to, like, rush and visit Elizabeth to see if it's true, is, is, man, God just told me some miraculous news, and it says that she trusts what God says and believes what he said would come true, but she also heard about another miracle that Elizabeth is with child. And, man, you can imagine, she wants to see with her own eyes, man. She's of old age. This is like another Abraham and Sarah type of thing. Man, I got to go and see what this might be like. The Scripture says that she went quickly into the hill country. Now, just for a side note, this is about 90 miles 
and Mary would have been somewhere around 12 to 14 years old. And presumably, nothing else tells us she probably did this without her parents and traveled alone. I don't mean, know about you, I used to like ride my bike into town when I was a kid, but 90 miles as a 12-year-old? She probably traveled with a caravan. It's probably pretty dangerous. But she had to see what the Lord was doing in Elizabeth. It says that she arrived in the house and the sound of her voice immediately caused this reaction in Elizabeth. It says that he leapt in her. Now, it's amazing when you look at it. Mary's full of youth. She's newly pregnant, supposedly. She probably hasn't felt a lot of that, right? She's pregnant with this child that's from the Holy Spirit. Now Elizabeth here is the opposite. She spent a lifetime of hoping for the experience of being a mother. And finally, it comes in this moment. And God's going to do something special in this newly formed community of of miraculously pregnant women. God's doing something in their relationship, right? That they've just experienced God. The two of them, they're experiencing God in a very unique way, and they're coming together is going to have an impact on one another, right? That we experience God differently in community, right? It's fascinating when you look at the timeline. Elizabeth would have been about six months pregnant. So at this point, the baby inside of her would have maybe been around nine inches long, floating in her stomach, moving his eyes, maybe potentially even opening his eyes. She would have been able to feel hiccups as he could have gotten hiccups and all of that, right? But it says the sound of Mary's voice causes him to leap. Now, it's fascinating. When you look at the Greek word here for leap, it uses the word for skipping or leaping like a sheep in a field. You ever seen that before? It's the funniest thing or the cutest thing, little lamb jumping, skipping in a field. This is the same word used here that it's John the Baptist heard Mary, and he, he like just skipping, clicking his heels together in his mother's womb. This is the idea that's here in the text. I'm sure all of you moms out there, you can remember a moment when you're, there's a significant like jolt when your baby leapt inside of you or moved quickly inside of you, and you can still remember those precious moments at that time. And it's amazing that God documents this moment in Scripture for a reason, for a purpose, that we might see and experience something here in the text. And Luke tells us that after this leap, it says Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she actually prophesies over Mary. She speaks over her. Once a barren wife, I mean, to just an ordinary, married to an ordinary priest, is now filled with the Holy Spirit. This is, now, just remember, we're not going to get into all of this. This is pre-Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit comes in Acts 2, right? And she's filled for this moment with the Holy Spirit, and it causes her to speak to Mary, which we'll come to in a moment. And you think about it. Consider the implications of, of this woman, Right? She's beyond childbearing. She, she's, she's probably had the news of pregnancy in the town. Can you imagine? Like, man, she's really old to be getting pregnant. Like, I wonder what that did to her. I don't know. Socially in, in town, right? The way she might have been treated. She's six months long. People have invisibly been able to see it. And here, Elizabeth maybe would have felt, I don't know about herself. Can you imagine, like, what she would have felt? She's probably super excited, but maybe not the same, what she's experiencing from other people. And until this point, the evidence actually of this miraculous pregnancy has only been a sign of our mute husband who cannot speak. I mean, this stuff, I love this in the Bible, right? It's pretty amazing. 
She's in a fragile, maybe concerned state, and now Mary comes, and this interaction, seeing Mary, fills her with the Holy Spirit and joy. It, it, It just points to the picture of what I already said at the beginning, the point of the relationship. In relationship, we experience God differently. This is an odd moment for both women, right? Super odd. They're actually getting a foretaste of the presence of God and the Spirit of God in the midst of them, a foretaste of what actually didn't come until Pentecost sometime later after Christ died, and the believers are there waiting for the Holy Spirit. They get a foretaste of that. Man, and, and the beautiful thing is that you and I as believers, man, we, we experience this. We get to experience that. That's what we're experiencing right now, the special presence of God that is in our midst when we come together and we're together, right? It says in Scripture, where two or three are gathered, He's there, right? And we get to experience this in deep and profound ways here in these moments we're together and other moments where we're in life group but other moments where we're together with other believers where the Spirit of God in community, when we're together, moves differently than we will experience in our own singleness in walking with the Lord. There's something special that happens when the community of faith is together, right? There's something special that happens in these moments when we get together and hundreds of people are lifting their voices to worship Jesus and we're, we're asking the Lord to speak to us through His Word. God moves. We experience God differently in relationship as we walk with one another, and we, we experience this together. And the crazy thing is, I spoke to it at the beginning, they're getting a foretaste of what, what, what they experience later with the Holy Spirit. And here and now, we get to experience this all the time with other believers, but yet, we take it for granted so many times. And so many times, we as believers are taking for granted the special relationship we have with other believers to walk with them in profound relationship, to be present here together with one another. Because, man, I just want to encourage you, whether it's here or a small group of believers or whatever it is, God moves, and we experience Him differently in relationship together, right? Well, if you look in verse 42, in relationship, we encourage one another. This is what, this is what happens to them. Look with me in verse 42. It says, and she exclaimed, this is what she's prophesying, she exclaimed with a loud voice or a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Verse 44, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped with joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So in this moment, the Spirit of God has just come over Elizabeth, and now she's prophesying to Mary an encouragement to her, that in relationship we actually encourage one another by the leading of the Spirit of God, right? It's amazing. When you, when you look at this, Mary, she's just found out. I mean, just a few moments before this text. Mary's just found out that she's actually pregnant, and she rushes to go and see Elizabeth. And on arrival at the doorstep, she is now experiencing the Spirit of God, and she's prophesying over Mary. How did Elizabeth know that she was pregnant? I mean, they didn't have text messages back then. She didn't send out a mass text and be like, oh my word, got a positive test, this is amazing, right? She didn't call her, 
I don't think she saw, sent a telegram with a donkey or anything like that, right? They didn't have Twitter. She couldn't like post her like recent baby bunk picture on Instagram, hashtag Messiah, hashtag baby for Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> None of that. None of that is able to be seen. So she's here speaking directly from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to encourage Mary, right, and speak over her. She's being guided by the Spirit of God and encourages this young woman by actually calling her blessed among women, speaking of the unborn child, the Messiah, Jesus, and goes so far as to call him my Lord. That's not coming from nowhere. That's coming from the Spirit of God moving in her. And what I love is there's a humility, and I'll just be honest with you, a humility that needs to be seen more in the modern-day church today because we've walked away from it. And it's not just a humbleness, a, a humility of older and younger speaking into each other's lives. We have such isolation in the church today, most younger women are not spending time with older women. Most women, older women aren't spending time, as much time with younger women. Same with men. And there's something beautiful that happens all throughout Scripture that older would speak into the younger, right? Because they've done life longer. They've walked with Jesus longer. And sometimes even younger speaking and encouraging the older, right? And you see this in the text. Here, as Elizabeth, now from the Spirit of God moving in her, speaks over Mary and encourages her. Can you imagine, for a moment, I already said, how, imagine how Elizabeth's experience is, now imagine what Mary's experience is like. Can you imagine, as a 12 to 14-year-old girl, the terrifying news that you're going to get pregnant outside of a sexual encounter? Can you imagine that? That the Holy Spirit is going to get me pregnant? That's just one side of it. Then can you imagine what the, the terrifying news would be like in the community? I mean, for adultery back then, people were stoned. Can you imagine trying to tell your husband that? Like, hey, I know I got this little bump, but it's, it's from the Holy Spirit. Like, just please believe me. Just imagine that, right? People whispering in town as she can not quite hide her pregnancy anymore, right? Teenage girl pregnant before marriage. The first century, not a good thing, right? And who would believe her? Probably not many people. But here now, she has an older woman, relative in her life, who knows what she's walking through, speaks over her and speaks into her. And it's assumed, me, from the text, this is exactly moving of the Holy Spirit, exactly what Mary needed to hear to fulfill the mission that God had spoken to her. It says she's already believed in her heart what God said was true by the, by the angel, but now, man, she's seen and experienced, like, how did you even know I'm pregnant? The Holy Spirit is now witnessing to her again in an encouraging way that she might go on to fulfill the mission that God has for her. And, and it's coming through the encouragement of another individual, another woman in her life, that, man, in relationship, we're called to encourage one another, to walk with one another. Uh, I don't know, the opposite of encouragement is what? Discouragement. Now, have you ever had a moment in your life where you've been super discouraged? I'm sure you have. I don't have to ask the question. I'll remember, um, I'll get to the positive side of the story, but I remember when I was in college, um, through the transition of me being expelled from school for the second time, I remember some words that were spoken over me by someone in a not good fashion. 
that were told me to never go into ministry. You'll do more harm for the kingdom of God than you do good. And a few other things. And I'll never forget that encounter. And I didn't really know what it did to my own soul until probably a few years ago when I realized what havoc it did on my life and my ministry and my family and all of this different stuff because the power of words can bring life or death, the Scripture says, right? And those words spoken over me spoke in the negative effect, and Satan's been using them for years to discourage me. But man, can you imagine the power of when you, led by the Holy Spirit, speak encouraging words over people, what God can do with that? Not in the negative way shaping someone's life, but the positive way of shaping someone's life for the future, man. Imagine what it would look like in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, in our families, if we as the people of God sought to pray and ask the Spirit of God, what is it in each moment that you're calling me to speak over this person, speak into this person, speak to this person, that I might encourage them for all the potential you have for them in their lives, Right? Rather than so many times, I'll just be honest with you, when many people come into the church in America, they're coming in with a very consumeristic mentality of what can I get today? I mean, I can pick up my coffee. There's nothing wrong with that. I could drop off my kids. There's nothing wrong with that. I can just sit and rest for my hour each week and hear Jim babble. That's fine, but I just get to sit without my kid and, and I get my coffee and I get to be in church and encourage. But what if we change the mentality that like, it's not just a one-way conversation here that I get to speak to you on Sunday mornings or they get to lead you in singing. What if it was that you are in deep communal relationship with people in this church and you're praying as you walk in to say, Lord, Spirit of God inside of me, what word do you have for me to give to someone else in the community of faith today? As you enter into small group, hopefully you're in one, you're walking and saying, man, Spirit of God, I know that so-and-so is the leader, but today what is it that you have for me to encourage uh, the people in my group with? Or as you walk with them outside of that, right? Man, whatever it looks like, I'll tell you this, we must, all of us in this room, look and pray what it is for us to be led by the Spirit of God to encourage other people in our lives, or are we even asking the Spirit of God to show up in our lives? Or even asking the Spirit of God to move, right? There's this fascinating passage in Hebrews 10, and pastors love to quote it to make people come back to church every Sunday, right? Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Feel that today, okay? Don't neglect this, right? I mean, that's often where we camp out, which is great. There should be a not neglecting of us coming together, right? That's awesome. But I don't want to see that side of it, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more. Why? As you see the day drawing near. What day? The day of the Lord's return. So, right? The writer of Hebrews is saying, man, don't neglect to be with one another. That's great. But why? Don't just neglect. It's great if you're just coming together to just sit here and you don't interact with anyone. As I often say, like, we might sneak in in the first song and sneak out in the last song. You're not fulfilling this text. He says, don't, man, don't neglect it for the purpose of stirring each other up, for encouraging each other all the more to love and good works as we see the day coming. Well, I'll tell you, the day is coming. It's in the future. It's not in the past. And, and, and the secret sauce of us fulfilling the mission of God, according to this text, is being together and being together not just sitting, but being together, stirring each other up and encouraging one another to keep on doing what God has called us to for the mission of God. 
right? That we would like see it as a purpose, like, man, Jim's not the only one who gets to talk on Sundays. Or, or Mondays, or Tuesdays, or Wednesdays, or Thursdays, because you're actually in relationship with people in this community. That we'd feel called by the Spirit of God, right? To spur each other on with encouragement, right? This is the purpose. One of the great purposes God gives us in community, right? And look with me in verse 46. Not only in community do we encourage one another, but we envision God's plan for our lives. So after this, this, this supernatural kind of prophecy over Mary, Mary responds with what is known as the Magnificant, which really is just my soul magnifies the Lord. And it's like almost, people think it's poetry or song that she responds with. Look with me in 46. Verse 46 is what she says. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on my humble estate with his servant, uh, excuse me, his ser- of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has fulfilled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Verse 40, 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to their fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. See, I say in community, we envision God's plan for our lives. So Mary arrives with Elizabeth at her home, and she's full of wonder about what God is doing in her relative's life, and she's heard about it, right? That God has shown her, right? And God's done something in her life as well, in Mary's life. She's experienced this from the angel, right? And she hears about this prophecy. She, excuse me, she hears this prophecy spoken over her, and she believes, and she actually responds by worship. She sings this to the Lord, most believe, right? So what Elizabeth has now done, she hears it from the angel, now she hears it from Elizabeth, and now trusts even more that, man, what I see actually happening in Elizabeth's life is going to happen with me. God is faithful. He will fulfill it, right? And Mary, you know, she's betrothed to Joseph, so she's been waiting in this waiting period. She hasn't yet been married, so their betrothal period was probably almost like a year where they were really technically married, but they hadn't consummated their marriage yet, and they have to lived in different places, and the husband, I don't want to get into all the details, but would build onto the family insula, and one day, without ever warning, he would come and bring back his wife, and this big celebration, right? She's waiting on that. But for Elizabeth, Elizabeth is the opposite. She's now been vindicated, right, and restored to a place of honor in the community because she's been unable to have children. Now think about Mary. Mary's the opposite, right? Because of what's been fulfilled, she's now going to be dishonored in the family. Motherhood for the two of these women has very different effects on their future, right? But yet God has called both of them to experience it and walk with one another in it. 
And it's fascinating. When you look at it, without Elizabeth, Mary wouldn't have gone through her pregnancy maybe with as much joy. Maybe she would have, you know, speculation. she might have walked through much harder or more um, consternation. She might have questioned God more in all of this. But in God's providence, what's amazing, she hears from the angel, she believes what God has said, and now she runs to see what God is doing in someone else's life and a relative. And even in that moment, God is using it when she sees joy wash over Elizabeth and she prophesies by the Spirit moving her own life. She's like, yes, God is in this. Her future, the vision of what God has given her to her for the mission for her life. She sees it. And it's fascinating when you look at it. Have you ever thought about this? Because I, I, I've said this before. We, didn't, we don't really think about this story too often, but maybe, just maybe, God allowed Elizabeth's barrenness for such a time as this. That God allowed a woman to walk through a lifetime of barrenness so that she could impact Mary's life and the mission of God for divine purpose. Man, I just want to encourage you today. If you're walking through barrenness, that might be your story. That God is walking you through a season for His divine purposes. It's challenging. It's overwhelming. It's the, maybe the deepest desire of your heart. But God is good in it, and He's walking with you, and He knows all things, and He's divinely sovereign over every aspect, working every detail out, right? And because of the timing... God is here. He's, man, showing his faithfulness to Mary in this moment, right? I said in relationship, we envision God's plan for our lives. I told you about what happened to me when I was in Bible school and someone was speaking over me. I had my struggles when I was going to Bible school. And I remember the second time I got kicked out of college. I'll never forget... Um, a pastor who brought me into his life, invited me over to his family's house for dinner. I was walking away from God. I really didn't want much to do with God while I was studying to be in ministry. And he began to just speak things into my life and tell me, no, Jim, you were made for this. This is what God has for you. I'll never forget later on as I kind of was like just fumbling through what I was going to do in ministry and my good friend still, who used to be the college pastor of this church, brought me in, and he, he would allow me to fumble through what ministry was, and he would speak into my life and say, yes, I affirm what God has for you in your life, and I want to encourage you in that direction. And there's something profound and fascinating and amazing that in relationship, we can envision what our plan is for the future. We can envision what God has for us in the future because there's something that God does in community that it's not just me on an island doing life on my own, but I can firmly tell you that I probably wouldn't be sitting in the chair that I am as a pastor today. And some of you might be like, the church would be better off. That's cool. But... I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't brothers and sisters in Christ that affirmed what God had told me when I was in middle school or affirmed what God was doing in my own heart and soul, and yet I questioned it, and I was running from it. But because God using other people in my life, godly, amazing, good people who were being led by the Spirit of God, I was able to envision God's plan for me in the future, even though I couldn't see it with my own eyes. When you need, I need, we need people in our lives, community in our lives, because God uses 
the community of faith to bring us together for this special purpose that we might be able to envision it. Man, how many times have I had conversations with people? They're like, man, I just don't know what my next step is for life, or I don't know if I should take this job, or I don't know if I should marry this person, or whatever it is. And so many times the answer comes as they process with other believers, praying that the Spirit of God would move in their lives and give them the answer, diving into the Word of God and the the trifecta of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the community of faith God shows and directs in individuals' lives. Man, if you don't know, everything I've been saying today is that you were built for community. You are in great need of community, and my prayer, my heart, is that we would be a church that is founded on the community of faith. I say it all the time, Tiffany Zale is our group's director, and Tiffany basically runs the church. And that is the backbone of this church people doing life one with another, and then we come together once a week in this place and celebrate. Because we need each other. We're profoundly at a disadvantage if we are not walking with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And man, what a beautiful thing it is today for me to look at a story that often isn't looked at in this way, to say, man, God uses godly women to advance his mission, and God is still doing that in this church with godly women and godly men. Man, my prayer for you and us in this place is that we would be people who are standing on other people in the church. Not in a negative way, but a good way, right? That we would be doing life with each other, that we might be able to experience God differently, we might be able to encourage one another, and we might be able to see what God has for us in our specific mission that he's given for us to walk in every single day. Maybe so. And would you pray with me today? I just want to pray. If you would join with me. Specifically today, um, I want to pray for all the women in the church today. So as the band comes, and if there's a, there's a lady around you, would you just place your hand on her if you're comfortable? If someone puts their hand on you, just slap it off if you're not comfortable with it. <laughs> just place your, your hand on a, on a woman next to you, and let's just pray over uh, the women of our church today and thank God for the godly example they are in our lives. And oftentimes, honestly, the best picture of what living in community really looks like oftentimes comes from the women in the church. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for this day and every day that we're able to stand, um, get out of our bed and walk with fresh air in our lungs again for another day. God, we thank you for today, the special day that it is that we celebrate each year, this day of Mother's Day. And God, specifically in this moment, I just want to pray over all the women in our church. God, we thank you for them. I thank you for my mom. I thank you for my wife, Sarah, and my young girls. I I thank you for every woman in this place. I I thank you for every woman that's watching online, someone who might be watching in a place and they're all alone. And many of the things that I talked about at the beginning, they're wrestling with today, and there's no one in the place today to put a hand on them and pray over them. Spirit of God, meet them in that place special today. God, thank you for all of the women in this church, how they do so much. They're they're so gifted in so many different areas. They're such a blessing to the community of faith here. Would you bless them another year? Would you help us as men of God know how to love on them, support them, uh, honor them, and do all that you've called us to in supporting them? 
And God, I just pray for this community that we would be a community that lives in community, that we lean on one another, we walk with one another, we encourage one another. Today, right now, in the name of Jesus, would you give someone in this place the word that you have for someone in their life that they might be able to leave this place and speak it over them today? And it might change the trajectory of someone's life just today with the powerful words of encouragement that you have for them. And God, may you give us a fresh vision of what it is you're calling us to do in this place and outside of this place because of the community of faith that we are walking with here together today. God, thank you again for all of the amazing, powerful, um, God-fearing women that are an amazing example to everyone in this room. And God, may you hear our song as an offering to you in response to what we've heard today. It's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. All God's people said.